Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Vet Method podcast. My name is Sanjay Mangabai, and I'm here in the wonderful cathedral city of Salisbury in the southwest of England. And today, I'm very delighted to be joined by Brandon Boyd. Hi, Brandon. Welcome. Hey, Sanjay. How's it going? I'm glad to be here. Uh, so whereabouts are you today? Uh, so I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. That's where my agency is. And mm -hmm. I've lived in Alabama my entire life. Have you? Yes. Okay. So you, got, you haven't got an itch to wander further afield or, or, or do anything different like that? Oh, look, I, I've always had the itch. My wife doesn't have the itch. Oh, <laughs> good reason. Yeah. Absolutely. She has good. all her family. She has all her family in Birmingham. And, you know, that's a battle that I really don't want to fight. No, and I think community is important anyway. So yeah. fantastic. So a little bit about Brandon. He is a marketing engineer that helps veterinarians and vetrepreneurs implement and manage high return on investment in marketing campaigns and strategy by using data analytics and creative content created specifically to pet owners. Mm -hmm. So the title of the podcast is Dominating Digital for Local Exposure. And we're gonna talk about that for the next few minutes. Okay, Brandon, our time starts now. So let's start with question number one. Who is your ideal client? So my, my ideal client that I love to work with are uh, coin the term vetrepreneurs, which means veterinarians, pet care center owners, or anyone that works within the veterinary, the veterinary space that's looking to grow further than what inflation says. So okay. that could be a mobile clinic, that could be a, a vet practice that's, that wants to grow mm -hmm. 30, 40% in a year instead of 10% a year, mm -hmm. or they want to um, start a, a, a roll-up company and they're looking to expand their their revenue just mm -hmm. to just to prove of a proof of concept in order okay. to you know purchase other practices in order to grow another practice. Okay. Fantastic. And I like the word. So you've coined vetrepreneur. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll have to add that to my glossary of terms. But so, oh. so basically your ideal client is um any veterinary business, veterinary like veterinary practices, maybe even pet shops and groomers, yeah. etc. Who I would imagine who recognize the need to grow their client base and revenues and through greater sort of digital visibility and exposure. Yeah. And that's why I use the term vetrepreneur because, mm -hmm. because, you know, as a business owner and an entrepreneur totally are two different sides of the same coin, really. Entrepreneur is looking for growth. Entrepreneur is looking to expand mm -hmm. and to, if I could use the word conquer, mm -hmm. part of their, their mark, conquer market share. Yeah. And so, Vet, veterinarians by nature that from what I've seen, they, they love what they do, yeah. but they don't really want to go outside their scope of comfortability. But there are a lot of veterinarians that have that entrepreneur itch. And yeah. those are the ones that I love to work with. Fantastic. That's, that's an important distinction. Thank you. Okay. So let's go to question number two. What's the biggest problem your clients face and how do you help them solve it? One of the biggest problems that that I see veterinarians face is they are great veterinarians, mm -hmm. but when it comes time to, to uh, grow their business through marketing and grow their business through data, mm -hmm. they really struggle with that. Yeah. Uh, because you are taught not to compete, mm -hmm. but to collaborate more as a veterinarian, mm -hmm. but in business it's all about competition. So meshing and mixing those two together yeah. is a problem that I help solve. Because I'm, I'm all about community, mm -hmm. but I'm also all about 
you as a business owner growing mm-hmm. your business to its fullest to its fullest potential. Absolutely. So if, you, if you have a service and if you have a a product that's great for the market, but you're afraid to push it and you don't and you don't want your hands in that, then that's where we come in. That's where we use data to show, okay, which demographics love your product, which demographics love your service. Mm-hmm. And then we use our content creation model to cater content specifically to to probably two or three major demographics mm-hmm. to push your product out. Okay. Fantastic. So you're absolutely right. Vets are good at being vets. They get I would be safe to say no training in marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At all in vet school. And yet they end up setting up these veterinary businesses. Yeah. And that seems to be antagonism in and some kind of antagonism to the compassion that we are trying to achieve for pets and clients. But at the same time, like you say, we've got this competition and that mm-hmm. just doesn't sit sometimes comfortably with most vets. And when they try and do the marketing themselves, yeah, I can see all the problems. Okay. Important problem. Great. Question number three, what are the typical symptoms that people experience with that problem? You know, their, their pain points. Yeah. So one of, one of the biggest problems that I notice, and this is just with businesses in general that I work with before veterinarians, but mm-hmm. they have a term for it in the vet space called compassion fatigue. Okay. Compassion fatigue is more catered towards, you know, you don't want to be around your, you, you, you feel, you feel almost numb to the care that you, that you wanted with, mm-hmm. with your, with your practice. One symptom of that is you're not getting your just value for being a doctor. Mm-hmm. So one way, one way that we help solve those problems is since we handle the marketing we actually handle more revenue coming through the door. So you don't have to focus on a major aspect of your business. You don't have mm-hmm. to focus and use that mental strength to try to solve a problem that you're not really trained to solve. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that's what we take away. So you don't have this full cup, this full vessel of stress. You have, you have enough to just, just, to take a, just to take a breath. So that's the main problem that we solve. And then, of course, you know, we, with marketing, we bring in, clients, new pet parents through the door. And that, and that helps you eventually be able to use, be able to use basic microeconomics. The more time that you spend with clients, mm-hmm. the more you could actually charge for your services to the, to diminish the amount of time that you spend. So you're going to eventually increase your revenue, increase your profit margin, but mm-hmm. still have more time in mm-hmm. order to just, to just de defragment yourself and just to, Take a deep breath at the end of the day. You know, you're absolutely, absolutely correct. And you touched on compassion fatigue. And uh, that obviously is um, one of the issues surrounding the problems well we, we have in veterinary medicine around mental health. Big problem yeah. with mental health at the moment, the stresses, the distresses that we have and how to deal with them. And yeah. one of your solutions is vets can't do everything. They need to stick with what they're good at, what their genius is. And leave the people who are good at marketing and, and other things, leave it up to them, outsource it. Yeah. 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 So that you can focus on revenue generation, which is what you're supposed to be doing. You know, the actual consulting, the actual treatment of animals and pets. Yeah. That's so important. You know, Brandon, I can tell you that I had a practice for over 20 years mm-hmm. and how things have changed. I trained as a vet and that was good enough. You put up your plate. Yeah, You know, Dr. So-and-so, and great. Clients came, the community yeah. was small. Then two or three other practices opened. Yeah. 
in my location, there were there were seven practices eventually within a mile, wow. within two miles of each other. Wow! And the internet came along. Oh, I yeah. didn't know anything about a website. Now I had to be on the, Now I had to have a website. Then yeah. social media, you know, internet and social media kicked in, and suddenly I had to have a Facebook page. Yeah, oh, it's just become so complicated. And you're trying to be a vet at the same time and have great patient care, and you yeah. know, and all those high standards that come with that, and maintain the practice and I did see the light eventually and start outsourcing yeah. all those things. You know? Yeah. So that's a really important point. Thank you for that, Brandon. So question number four, what are the common mistakes that people make when trying to solve that problem? You know, the things they thought might work, the things they try but fail. So there are two major things that I see. First, the, the veterinarians try to learn it themselves. Ah. <laughs> and so they become, so they try to become a master of marketing as well as the philosopher of, of veterinary science, right? So they, yes. they try to master two totally different mindsets and it, it causes stress. It, it really does. And then once they realize that that's not their, that's not their genius as you used earlier, mm-hmm. they try to, and I, and I understand why, but they try to go as cheaply as possible ah, yes. with the help. Yes. And so they choose, you know, they, they have like an office worker that may have a social media page and mm-hmm. then automatically, okay, you have a social media page, you have a thousand followers, you have a 600 followers, thousand follower person, you are the person that's going to run all of my social media. You're the person that's going to be the, the marketing expert with the practice. Mm-hmm. And just having a social media page does not constitute you as a marketing expert, which, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day, you don't see a return on investment of what you put into your marketing, which, which sort of re which sort, which sort of makes the, the veterinarian think that this type of marketing doesn't work when it's proven, when it's proven time and time again, that it, that it works if done right. But if you have someone that's not capable of bringing your return on investment, either with with someone that's not an advertiser doing advertisements and posting. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting a return on investment there. You spend $3,000 a month and you don't get one call. Mm-hmm. Or you don't have any automated systems set up mm-hmm. to where you can actually screen calls or send information or send some type of email, email mm-hmm. campaign back, mm-hmm. back then with a calendar system to automatically set appointments. Or mm-hmm. you have a social media page where you're not really pushing out the positives of why you should be why a why a new pet parent should come into your clinic. And yeah. so you have either the vet try again, just react either the vet tries to to do it themselves and they realize how how hard it is and how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm-hmm. Or they designate someone that's that's not experienced, it's not a marketer that but just has a social media page mm. and they designate them as so as their social media people. Yeah. For those listening, I've been smiling and nodding because all the things you talked about, I did those things. <laughs> I made those mistakes, really, you know, sometimes because, you know, revenue doesn't keep pace with our expectations a lot of the yeah. time. So we try and do things on the cheap. And I think vets are hardwired to think that they can solve a lot of problems. Maybe because we work with more than one species, I don't know what it is. But, you know, if the fridge breaks down, I'm trying to fix the fridge as well. You know? Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. fix something else. But you can't yeah. do that with yeah. your digital marketing, with your social media. And you're right. Yeah. I got a nurse who had a face, had a Facebook page and I thought I was doing well. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, a few months down the line, they stopped putting 
you know, they stop updating it and putting new posts and stuff. Yeah. And so we, you know, didn't have a strategy. Yeah. Absolutely no strategy. You just thought I better have something. I better have a website, better yeah. have a Facebook page. And yeah. I learned long ago that an ounce of strategy is worth a ton of hard work. And yeah. the team, they try and solve problems by working harder yeah. rather than working smarter. And I hope I'm not offending any vets. So at least that was my experience and that was, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. in case. Fantastic. Okay. So let's go on to question number five. What is one valuable free action that someone listening to this can implement that will help them solve that problem or problems? What's your top tip? So my top tip for to help solve that problem would be to, would be to, if you, if you are, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a term in Alabama, in Alabama called penny pinching. Okay. If you are, if you are penny pinching and yeah. you're, you're on a strict budget just because you are a new practice or, or your practice taking a hit just because of competition. Mm-hmm. The free action I will take if you are distinguishing someone or you're doing it yourself is to create more content by telling stories on what you do day to day. Okay. And I say that because I speak to probably five or six veterinarians every day. Mm -hmm. And the stories that that are being told to me are some of the most amazing stories, the most captivating stories Mm -hmm. that that I have heard. And if they would just record those stories mm-hmm. and transcribe them and have the, the social, the social media person that you distinguish to mm-hmm. just put a halfway congruent free photo of to that story. Mm-hmm. It would, it would bring immense traffic and, in, and immense brand awareness to your, to your clinic. Absolutely. So what I'm getting from that is that um, try and increase your content mainly by telling stories about about your practice yeah and i know that everyone puts nice cute pictures these days but it's fairly common of puppies and kittens and things like that but vets have this unseen bias in that they think that the ordinary is not interesting they want the you know they want the dagger stuck in the chest or a dog having swallowed a big knife or something and they think that's interesting but really what i found at least at least in our practice is that that Mm -hmm. the ordinary things were interesting to clients you just got to yeah. capture that picture or that story and then just tell it. And they were, you know, they were captivated yeah. by the ordinary uh, a lot of yeah. the time. Absolutely. Very good tip. Thanks, Brandon. Let's go to question number six. Only two questions to go. Okay. What is, <laughs> what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will further help with that problem? All right. So one, one resource that I have that I try to create try to create a list of what I do so simple that I can hand it off to someone that's not, that's not as expert that doesn't have as much expertise as I do. Mm-hmm. And so I created the checklist and it's, it's on my website. It's free. Just put in your, you know, your name and your email mm-hmm. address and you can download it. It's at a vet and slash. I think it's veterinary marketing checklist, or ultimate marketing checklist. And it, what it, what it is, it is a, 16, 17 point checklist of things that you can, things you can check just to see if your, your website and your, and your search engine optimization is at very least gatekeeper quality, mm-hmm. which means that Google won't, won't ding you for the type of content type of page you put out. Mm-hmm. And it also, it also gives you tips on how to make your content more compelling for social media and just to keep brand congruency across all platforms. Fantastic. So that's a really good resource. And I like, I love checklists, you know, yeah. saves me from remembering stuff and having yeah. a good resource that I can refer to. We'll definitely pop that, uh, 
that uh, link onto the resources um, associated with the podcast. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. And finally, question number seven. What's the one question, Brandon, that I should have asked you that I failed to do? <laughs> so the, the, one, the one question I think that, that you should have asked is how to play the local game when you have so many roll-up um, roll veterinary practice companies come into these, these small local areas. Uh, and, yes. and, you know, you can't, you can't really compete on budget because, you know, these are multi-tens and sometimes $100 million roll-up mm-hmm. roll companies. Mm-hmm. And so that, so that marketing budgets are almost unlimited compared to what you can, what you can push. Yeah. Um, and of course they have marketing teams that create content and, you know, they, they seem, they seem to just pop up any, everywhere. Now, yeah. the one way that, the one way that a local practice can compete mm-hmm. is garner the power of your relationships. So that means good, you know, getting your Google reviews, getting your Yelp reviews, reaching out to past clients you know, keeping that, keeping your past clients top of mind. So when new companies come in, new um, practices come in that have this unlimited budget to, to push out ads, mm-hmm. they, every time they see their ad, they will think about you. Yeah. They, they will see one of the, the major companies as a bad thing compared to you. And mm-hmm. I say that coming from a country town that mm-hmm. had a Walmart move in. Yeah. They had all these, all these small, you know, the, the country dollar general and dollar trees. And then we had like the local, um, the, the local like grocery stores as well. Mm-hmm. When the Walmart came into our area, first thing that you heard from all the, the loyal, the loyal fans were, Oh, we're not going to Walmart because I have this store that I always go to. I have this store that I always go to. Yeah. And so that's a way to, to keep competition from outside companies at bay but and still grow your practice in the midst of that type of wow yeah wow i'm glad i didn't ask you that question so you could ask it yourself thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> brandon but when you make an important point you know i think you know in in modern day veterinary medicine it is all about the relationships that you pointed out to yeah it's developing and maintaining those relationships and i'm a little embarrassed to tell you that i was one of those people that said facebook where's the return on investment yeah mm-hmm. I'm going to spend so many hundred pounds a month and I'm getting all these Facebook likes. But, but then someone pointed out to me and I saw the evidence of engagement. Yeah. Engagement was about developing those relationships. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then once you develop that relationship, then the clients become bonded to your practice, even the ones that have never been to your practice, but when they need veterinary care, then you're the name that, that crops up. Like you said, you're the name they'll think of because you've already got an established relationship, yeah. even though it's an online one. So, yeah. um, and then return of investment comes back in a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, for me in, in that particular example, anyway. Oh, yeah. it caught, because, because at the end of the day, social media is nothing but an amplifier of what yeah. you already have. So if you have good content, if you have great relationships and you already have a, a great communication and content model, Mm-hmm. social media and running ads on social media just amplifies what you've already done, what you've already proved to work yeah. to a much bigger audience. Absolutely. And one other thing I just thought about when you said that you've got to keep it local. I also realized that I don't have to be the best in the country. I just need to be the yeah. best in my community. Yeah. I need to have the most presence in my community. At least for yeah. me, like when you're running away from a, 
a bear that's chasing you. You just got to run faster than the slowest person. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, most, most vet practices that, you know, we work with and even yeah. some of the mobile vets that we work with only have about a 15 mile radius. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you don't have to be the best in the biggest city. You just have to be the best in that 15 mile radius that you that you service. Absolutely. And with help from yeah. with somebody like you just to get it right so that you've got some strategy and you've got a plan of how to do that and somebody can yeah. help you implement it, then that should become a reality. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. Thanks, Brendan. You know, you gave us some really, really valuable insights into dominating digital for local exposure. And we talked about how it might be possible to thrive um, yeah. with your digital presence. And, you know, and we also talked about return on investment and having some marketing strategies. I'm sure our listeners uh, will take away some really useful tips. And I just want to say once again, thank you, Brendan, for taking the time to, to talk to us. Sandy, thank you so much for having me on. I enjoyed it. Fantastic. Cheers.